It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Wizards faithful DC fans, wherever you're listening, Israel, Japan, the DMV, wherever. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Wizards with Washington City paper writer Ben Mehech and myself, Anthony Sitter. You know, we are your hosts one last time, and you are now Locked On Wizards. Go subscribe to the Locked On Wizards podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you may listen. Also, go throw us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. We have a ton to go over, guys. After five seasons, the Scott Brooks era is officially over. Team executive and GM. Tommy Shepard made a a decision today to part ways with Scott Brooks going into next season. Tommy held a midday press conference today, and we will get into everything in just a bit. But but first, we want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Ben, my friend, let's get right into it. It's It's been a minute, man, since we've got down on a podcast where we've where we've discussed the Wizards with Wizards faithful. And today, breaking news all over the league. The, the, I mean, everyone knows the offseason in, in, the, in the NBA is absolutely crazy. But today for Wizards basketball, it's crazy. Five years, Scott Brooks. They are parting ways, Ben. I know this is something that we've talked about for a long time, something that a lot of your followers have wanted to see for a long time, something that maybe you have wanted to see for a long time, something that that maybe the, the vast majority of, of Wizards fans have wanted to see for a long time. So let's get right into it. We want to hear your take about everything, about Scott being, you know, parting ways with Scott, Tommy's comments. We'll get right into that. We'll get into to everything that Tommy said during the press conference, and we will go over other stuff like the all NBA selections and stuff. But first, Ben, let's get your take, my man. I hope you're doing well. Welcome back, my man. It's it's it's, it's fun. It's fun, man. Let's let's get into it. Wow, we're back, lockdown wizards fan. <laughs> Look, Anthony said, uh, you know, it's been a while since you heard from us, but honestly, it's been a while since we had anything to talk about. Like the Wizards season ended two weeks ago, and since then, we were kind of just twiddling our thumbs. I mean, the last time we heard from Scott Brooks, he was talking like he was coming back. I mean, he said, I can't wait to work out with Daniel Gafford this summer. They had him do this exit interview right before Tommy Shepard. Tommy Shepard sang his praises, talking about how well he did at the end of the year, keeping the team together during COVID. Russell Westbrook said, if it was up to me, he'd be back. It's not even a question. Bradley Beal gave him a similar sort of endorsement and just days passed and days kept passing. Coaches were getting fired. Uh, GMs were getting let go. Um, all these things were happening and Scott Brooks was still kind of in limbo. And, and funnily enough, um, Wednesday we were texting and I was saying like, you know, if you're Scott Brooks, wouldn't you get a little like pissed off, frankly, like you're just kind of hanging out. All these other openings are, are starting to happen. you got the magic job, which I think you'd be a pretty good fit for. It's a rebuilding situation. 
And he's not interviewing for any of these jobs because he's still waiting on the Wizards. I have never seen an NBA team do this before. Typically, when a coach is on his last season, the guy's either going to get fired or they're going to extend him before that last season ends. Scott, it was just like, let him let him finish out the year and just stay in limbo. And then, of course, we're texting each other. And at that very moment, literally mid-text, literally mid-text, throws out a bomb and says, Scott's gone. And I mid-text, I I was honestly pretty surprised. I thought, you know, we had talked about this all season long, how the Wizards have traditionally set their expectations low. They finished the season 17 and six, made the playoffs after having a 6% chance or whatever it was to make it. Um, the stars were sort of aligning there. And to me, it was like they were taking so long. If they wanted a head start on interviewing these candidates, they would have already done it. So I was sort of thinking that they were going to bring them back. Um, I talked to a source Tuesday from from uh, from the league who, who said that Tommy liked Scott a lot. They share an agent, which I didn't know, uh, which I thought added some complexity to it because they share business affairs with the dude who manages their, their basketball careers. So I thought that that also pointed in Scott's favor. So I don't know about you, Anthony, but like how surprised were you when, you, when we got the news that the two sides weren't going to agree? And what did you think about that? I want to get your take on that. They read it. That's, R- Rojanowski reported that they couldn't agree to a new contract. Not that the Wizards decided to like, like go a different direction, but they, that they couldn't agree. Like, what did you think about the whole language used in, in the way that they parted with? Exactly. Ben, that was that was the most confusing part too, because when the when the news broke, it said Wizards coach Scott Brooks can't come to an agreement on a new contract, and they both agreed to part ways. That's kind of what was read to us, right? And um, we we went the whole morning saying, "Wow, they they must have lowballed him. Wow, they must have really given him something that was kind of like ridiculous." And Scott was like, "All right, guys, I mean, I, I want to stay here. I want to coach, but I mean, not for that." But that's just that's what it that's how it was reported. That's how ESPN reported. It. That's how every, everyone reported it. So when we saw that, sure, it was just a little odd, right? Because everything that Scott said, everything that that we spoke with Scott, you know, throughout every press conference leading up to the end of the season, when it came up about his future, he wanted to stay. He loves it here. He, you know, in Washington, he, he wants to stay badly. He loved, you know, loves working with obviously Brad and Russ and, and the younger guys, he had nothing but great things to say about the organization and really just the culture of Washington and being a part of it. The way they reported it was not what it was at all. Right. I mean, I mean, we found that out later on once, once we, we got into the meeting with, with Tommy. So, so yeah, they, you know, the, how it was reported, it was definitely led on like, okay, it was just kind of like a mutual thing. Washington was giving him, you know, maybe an offer. He was, that was kind of ridiculous, kind of low and, 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 and Scott and, and, and his team probably were just like, all right, no, we, we can't do it for that. But I mean, it, that just was not so what it really was. Lodge, um, midday went on ESPN and said right. that um, they had talks of bringing him back, but he basically he couldn't bring any of the assistant coaches back. Like if you were going to come back, Scott, you got to revamp yep. your entire coaching staff. And, yep. I think and you don't, yeah, probably like, no, nah, I mean, these are the these are the coaches I have, and this yeah. is my staff. 
And I got to be honest. You, you hire you hire a coach to hire to, to to coach, right? You hire a coach to hire their own staff exactly. and to do what they do, right? So keep keep going though. This Sorry. is this is just me speculating it. This is me again speculating. I'm not reporting. I don't know anything. This is just me speculating. I think this is the Wizards handling themselves with class. That Tommy Shepard, say what you will about him, handles it with class. I think they didn't have desire to bring him back. The way Tommy spoke at the press conference on Wednesday was like. Look, we had five years of Scott. It was time to move on. We we evaluated all five years. He mentioned how this wasn't the team Scott signed up to coach. He signed up to coach John Wall, Bradley Beal, um, Markeith Morris, Martian Gortat, a veteran team, Otto Porter, Boyan Bogdanovich, these veteran players. He didn't sign up to coach Denny Avda, Rihachimura, Isak, Banga, all these random young players. Scott Brooks talked about it as if they needed someone that was going to move the needle in ways that Scott Brooks couldn't. So I think they handled it with class. I think they set it up, made it look like it was a mutual thing. I, Scott and Tommy have a great personal relationship that goes outside of basketball. I think they wanted to do right by Scott, not put out some some reports saying like, you know, he failed to meet expectations. Uh, you know, they hated his rotations. The defense was bad. All these things that could have been true. I think the Wizards sort of kept it under the rug and said that, you know what? It's just time to move on. And Scott's going to get other opportunities. I don't know if he's going to get head coaching jobs in the NBA. Maybe he'll get interviews, but he'll, he'll get other opportunities. He's very well liked. I will say this about Scott Brooks. Um, he kept the team together when other coaches wouldn't have. That's a fact. The team was falling apart midway through the season. There were 15 games below 500. Thomas Bryant goes down with an ACL. Russell Westbrook looks like a shell of himself with the quad injury. The team could have easily fallen apart yet. Honestly, partially due to Scott Brooks, it did not. So kudos to him there. And, and that speaks volumes to his relationship building skills and, and, and his leadership. I think p- players like playing for Scott Brooks. But obviously at the end there, Anthony, the X's and O's, the rotations that we were questioning all season long, the, the playing Daniel Gafford 15, 20 minutes, the starting Howell Neto against Tobias Harris, like that stuff I think was just inexcusable at the end. Ben, I agree 1,000% with you on how classy Tommy Shepard and the the Washington Wizards organization were overall with how they handled it, as you brought up, as you highlighted, how great of friends him and Scott and Tommy are, how great of friends Scott and Ted are, and how great of friends really they all are and how close the franchise is. Yes, he didn't have the best five-year stint, right? 183 and, and 207, not, not the best stint, but again, he has meant so much to this organization. He has, he has represented himself with such class throughout the five years that he has coached this team. There's never really been a blemish on his record. Like, like really ever. I mean, you can, you can talk about being a bad coach and, and talk about his rotations and talk about, you know, all the negative things about being a coach for basketball, but in terms of representing yourself, representing your players, representing your organization, he did that to the fullest. Right. And, and Scott, I mean, to me, I mean, listen, I haven't, I have not covered, uh, you know, much on the NBA. I'm very, very new to this stuff and, 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 you know, um, interviewing guys, but he is one of the nicest people to, to really speak to. And, and that goes a long way. And like you said, it was really hard for Tommy today. It seemed like, I mean, that's one of his great friends and, he, and he's, he's being questioned about, about, you know, firing him. He's being questioned about, about parting ways with him. And he 
he, you know, stood up for Scott a lot. And, 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 but again, he also said, you know, this is not the team Scotty signed up for five years ago. I mean, Ben, you, you brought it up be, like perfectly. You, you, you outlined it perfectly. Five years ago, it was a completely different landscape. Obviously, Bradley Beal is still here, but again, is he not the only player that is still here from five years ago? And he is the star, obviously. So five years ago, you're dealing with a lot of vets, a lot of, a lot of great, you know, I mean, that, that was a lot, a lot of great talent for great playoff runs. And, you're, you know, his first season, almost, nearly cracking 50 wins. So, Ben, it, you know, it, it may not have been the best in. Today, I think the Wizards handled it beautifully. Because he may have not been, you know, a Phil Jackson or, you know, a Doc Rivers in Boston or, you know, or, you know, just, just, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, but, but still he had a five-year stint. He's, he's one of the, the longest tenured coaches in the league and the Washington Wizards, they, they, cause the common eye, they, they see the first headline, right? The common fan, they'll always take that first headline and they'll run with it. I mean, obviously, dedicated fans, everyone will dig more deep into what actually happened. But still, yes, they, they, they ended that with class. I mean, mutually parted ways. I loved that. I, I really, really did. I mean, obviously, finding out after, but, but still, they, they did a great, they, they did a great uh, you know, job you know, by, by Scott, really ending this relationship. And he deserves it. He does. I, I, I truly think he deserves it, Ben. Yeah, a couple things. Um, you mentioned how close Scott and, and, and uh, Tommy are. He said, really good quote, Tommy, man, this dude, Tommy Shepard, handles media better than anybody he's amazing. ever he, seen he's at great. that level. He, he is great. He has a PR background. The way he talks to reporters like they're his friends, I mean, he's just the most personable dude. Uh, one quote he did say was, uh, this is show business, not show friends which I thought was yeah, like, that was big. That one was of the huge. sources I spoke to. He said, one of the sources I spoke to, he said, when I asked him whether Tommy Shepard has the sort of um, willpower, if you want to call it that, to, to essentially let go of a guy like Scott Brooks, who he's close friends with. My source, when I talked to him on the phone said, do you know how hard Tommy Shepard thought about letting go John Wall? He said he struggled with that so much. He goes, you have to remember, Tommy was around when John was 19 years old. And then he traded John when John was like, damn, you're 30, 30 years old. So he, he saw John grow up. He was close with John Wall's mother, who was who obviously unfortunately passed away. He, he got to know John Wall's child and his family. And he still traded John Wall because he thought that was the best for the team. This shows, again, that Tommy Shepard's willing to put personal relationships aside for the betterment of the franchise because he obviously had a great relationship with Scott Brooks. But at the end of the day, Scott Brooks' five-year career, he had a worst winning percentage, worst winning percentage than Randy Whitman. The team was, was below 500 in the playoffs, had only made the second round once, had, was, top, was in the bottom tier defensively basically every single season he was a coach. That's not all his fault. The roster was bad for the last at least few seasons. But all in all, Scott didn't meet the marks that he needed to meet to, to, to right, right. win the coaching job. Another thing I want to ask you, Anthony, Russ said he wanted Scott. He didn't get Scott. How do you think this is going to play a role in their, in their like searching for a coach? Do you think they're going to go out of their way to look for approval with Russ and Brad? Because obviously here – they, dis they kind of disregarded Russ because if it was up to Russ, Scott would still be there. 
And Ben, I think if it was up to Brad too, I mean, if, if they pulled both Brad and Russ in right after the season ended and said, do, do you want Scott Brooks to be your coach? They would probably say, yes, obviously that that's their coach. They just went to war with him for a whole season. Russ has went to war with him for, I think eight, I, I forget how many years he played for him. Uh, and Brad, obviously five or six, however long he has um, been with Scott. So yes, if it was up to them, they would want their guy back. They, they want their coach back. I mean, being a part of a team, being in that locker room, like having that sort of camaraderie every single day, practicing every day, lifting every day. I mean, doing what they do every day like that. I mean, the relationship is it's, it's priceless. It's unmatched. So of course they would want him, but, but again, these guys are grown men. They're grown, grown men. They understand this is the business. They understand what the world of the NBA is. And if anyone should understand what the business of the NBA is, Russell Westbrook understands this business, this world, and how, you know, and hey, and how it works, how cruel it could be. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, he was on OKC for forever. I mean, he struck by his guns. He When he could have had out, he, he could have had out, right? But he signed back. And it and, and then ended up getting traded. So so Ben, it I don't think this is this is major for them too. They still want to play. They still want to play competitive basketball, hundred percent. Obviously, they they their love for Scott is will, will never never you know subside like ever. I mean like that will always be there. I don't think this will create some sort of stir, some sort some sort of riff within the organization with these two guys. No, they're like, I mean, Russ and Brad, they're bros, they're Brodies, and they're trying to win. They're trying to go to the, the playoffs and they're, they're trying to, you know, get better from last year and eight seed one win in the playoffs, still much, much better than a lot of eight seeds, but still they want to be a lot better than that. And um, I don't blame them for sure. This, this season has been so bizarre in so many ways. Tommy highlighted that so many, so much today too. I mean, and he, and he did say that because it, it, it was so true. I mean, for Scott, I mean, there was, and going through the COVID era of, of basketball, that can't be easy for a coach either. So I, I, again, I, and I know us sitting up here, I always give Scotty the benefit of the doubt and I still will. I don't care. He's gone. I will always give Scotty the benefit of the doubt. Cause he's just, you know, he's a great guy. Um, he's had a, he's had a great, great long professional career in, in basketball player and coach. And the, the thing that, how on this is, you know, Ben, Tommy was right. You know, it, you know, this is not the team he signed with the coach. And, and this is, this is, this is entertainment. This is not about friends. Okay. He reevaluated the last five years and they moved on. That is completely fine. Scott has had an amazing career as a coach and he, and if he wants to, he can still continue that maybe not as a head coach, but, but, but I mean, and who knows, maybe he will get some looks, maybe he'll get some interviews, but again, he, obviously someone who has coached this long, someone who has had a, a career this long in the NBA, you can have a career in basketball on the coaching end for as long as you want until the end of your day. So Scott knows, you know, where he sits. And, and Ben, I think the, the franchise is going to move forward very smoothly from here. I don't think there's going to be a rift between the superstars or anything. Brad and Russ are going to show up ready to play whoever they hire. Um, and we are going to get into all that, right. About, about who we want to, them to hire, who, who we think they're going to hire. And Ben, I mean, there's a lot to talk about from today. There really is. And there's so much more to, to go over, um, about, you know, really what, what Tommy Shepard has said and, 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 you know, his, his search, Ben, and speaking of that, at the end of his, at the end of the, uh, 
press conference, he said that he has been getting bombarded with text messages about the, the head coaching vacancy saying, you know, I mean, like, which is a, in my mind would be a good thing, right? I mean, he's, he's getting more and more, you know, candidates like thrown at him. So I'll throw this to you. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think this, do you think he's taking this seriously at all? Or do you think he already has, has had a list of candidates that he has targeted before making this decision to part ways with Scott Brooks? One, one thing I learned pretty quickly covering the NBA is it's such a small community. Like when you're in actually like we're on the outside looking in, but when you're on the inside, there's like 500 people. They all know each other. And, and, and obviously Scott Brooks is really good friends with Tommy for that reason. And I guarantee you Scott Brooks is really good friends from people in the Nuggets organization and, and the Trailblazers organization and all these other teams because it's such a small community. Everybody knows each other. So there on that end, of course, there's always going to be assistant coaches that rise up, that are intriguing, that, that make names for themselves, that end up becoming Quinn Snyders, who went through the, the coaching ranks in Atlanta and L.A., and now he's in Utah. And you can't, I guarantee you, Quinn Snyder is going to have one of the longest coaching careers in Utah because he's risen up through those ranks. You have other coaches at the league who've done similar. Now it gets interesting because Tommy Shepard has an opportunity to leave his mark on the franchise. you got to remember, Ernie Grunfeld hires Scott Brooks. Tommy Shepard didn't hire Scott Brooks. One of the sources I spoke to said that when you hire your coach, that's when your clock starts to tick. Because that's one of the biggest imprints you can have on the franchise is you hire your own coach. And if that coach... And that's why he thought so long about John Wall. You make one move. It's one move, right? Exactly. And it's his official stamp. That's the Tommy Shepard stamp. He made that Russell Westbrook trade. That's one thing that his tenure in D.C. will be judged by. Now he's going to hire his head coach. This is how his tenure is going to be judged. If he hires a coach who, who bombs like Nate, Nate did, I, I can't even pronounce his last name, in, in, in Indiana after getting rid of Nate McMillan, that's going to hurt your ability to become an executive and continue your career. Uh, Pritchard in, in, in Indiana is very lucky he didn't get fired. I know there was conversations this about him huge. losing his job. He got very lucky. Because if that was any other franchise, you hire a coach and in one year, everybody finds out that dude was the bat, the worst hire you could have made, you're out too. This is where Tommy gets to make his mark. And, and it gets interesting because we can start throwing names out there. Terry Stotts, a very, very accomplished coach, a veteran coach. Stan Van Gundy available now, another accomplished veteran coach. Then you got the route that I know they'll consider taking. Wes Unsell Jr., the connections are obviously through the roof. Greatest bullet of all time, Wes Sunsell. Obviously, the, the lineage there is obvious. But also a guy who's known for his defense, player development in Denver. Denver, so many connections to D.C. Tim Connolly worked for Tommy Shepard, is now the GM of Denver. It all makes sense there. Then you have other coaches like Becky Hammond. You have the ability to make history hiring the first female coach in NBA history, who's also obviously very capable and was interviewing for jobs already. Another name, Ime Udoka in, in Brooklyn, I, is very intriguing. A former player can keep the same voice as Scott Brooks, player's coach type of guy. And then another name I'll throw out there, and this one might blow your mind. One I've, I've heard whispers about. John Calipari is another name that, that you might want to consider. Wow. Another name you want to consider, but... You, this is one thing I love about Tommy. He said you're going to have a robust and diverse group of candidates. All these, all these men and women I just named, 
so different from each other. I love that though. You love, and it makes it harder, right? Because they're all capable. Becky Hammond would be a That's great coach. Wes Sunsell Jr. would be a great coach. All these coaches. But Tommy, hey man, have your pick of the litter, right? Have it. Another thing I loved about the, his conference, he said the NBA is so different nowadays. You can't hire one one coach and expect him to do the job. He said you got to have an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and a head coach. So that that adds an that. element too, where like. Do you see what right. the Pistons right. just did? They hired like five head coaches. All everybody capable of being a head coach. That's that seems to be the trend nowadays, Ben. I mean, look at look what Brooklyn had, you know did with uh you know coach Mike D'Antoni. I mean, after they 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 had all they had everyone together. I mean, and D'Antoni just you know ended up being an assistant coach for their offensive needs, which uh, I mean it it just. That just seems like such the smart route to go. And, and and Tommy right now, he has maybe not the pick of the litter, but again, he is trying to create that. He's trying to create a pool of, hey, this is my pick of the litter. And this is, Ben, you are so, so right. Yes, the, the Russell Westbrook-John Wall trade was huge. This is probably going to be his biggest stamp, his biggest move yet. And a bigger yet. gamble. Listen. Draft, draft, draft picks or draft picks, right? Like, you know, you're picking, you're picking, you know, you picked Rui and you're picking Denny and, and, and listen, lottery's great. But again, if you're signing, if you're signing a guy for four or five years, that's four or five years you're signing a guy for, you know, hopefully that will not, you know, dud me. I'm coming from New York. So I, I, I see a lot of guys dud their first year. So shout out David you, Fisdale. You're more, but again, you're more likely to get you know, a dud than not. No, no, I, I, and I hear you on that, but again, I think his pool of candidates that you've just listed so perfectly, all those candidates, just, I, I can't even think of anyone else that you, but besides like maybe Sam Cassell, but I, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of candidates out there, right? Another right, one, dude. right, right. There's a lot of candidates out there. So again, you, the, you know, Tommy, he's, he's going to make his decision, but this is, this is why these executives take so long and take and, and, and think so long about it because you only get one swing. That's it. That's, that's it. There's, there's no, once you sign your sign, there's, there's no makeup. And again, if, if it, if it turns out to be, you know, a one-year dud, it's not going to look good for Tommy. Right. So again, he's going to make, he's going to do his due diligence. He's going to make this kind of a long process. I don't expect to hear a decision for a little bit. I don't know about you, Ben. It, this is, there's so many people out there. I mean, and, and honestly, if his hair is blown back by a couple, by a couple candidates, like, I mean, say Becky Hammond, she'll probably walk into the interview and blow his hair back talking bad. I mean, talking hoops, I mean, talking, any, I mean, talking strategy, anything that, that he, you know, his, his questions are surrounding how to, you know, landscape the basket, like they're, his or her team moving forward, any of these candidates can blow his hair back. So again, and I know he doesn't have too much hair to work with, but again, <laughs> no shit, no slight at Tommy. I just saw him on the, I just saw him on the zoom today. No slight at Tommy, but, but you know, he was having a lot of fun with a lot of guys. He, you know, he, he, he was picking on Fred Katz, Ben. He was, he was picking on Fred Katz, but, but, it, but no, it, it, it's true. So it, he, Tommy, he's got a big, big decision to make. And I, He's got a lot of great, great candidates. Ben, I, I, I think to be a Wizards fan right now, to be covering the Wizards, it's pretty exciting to, tr to, to even to try and you know, like sit here and guess. Exactly the Wizards for the longest time, a lot, so lot predictable, there. right? It, to the point where you and I were texting, we were like, 
dude, they're bringing Scott back. It's the easy route. The Wizards. I honestly, I, I was pretty positive they were going to bring him back. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it got to a point where I was like, that's the easy route. That's the Wizards way. And and this is where I've really gotten a sense of respect for Tommy Shepard, where he's trying to abandon that, 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 that. that that stigma that has come with the Wizards where you can predict what they're going to do. They go the simple route. Bringing Scott Brooks back, they could have justified it. They finished the season 17-6. and six. They made the playoffs. Russ wanted him back. Brad wanted him back. They could have very easily justified it. But basketball reasons, for basketball reasons, knowing that the ceiling was limited with him, they chose to move on. That took some balls to do, frankly. Pardon my language. It did. Because now... Right. Now you have right. Bradley Beal, who's on the last year of his contract. You're hiring a brand new coach to implement a brand new offense, brand new defense. All that's going on with young players, Rui and Denny still trying to figure it out. This new coach that they're going to hire, whether it's Becky Hammond or Sam Cassell or whomever, has a lot on their plate. Knowing that that they're carrying that much on their plate, Tommy Shepard understands that his reputation and his job could also be on the line. This is a lot going on. And and from a Wizards standpoint, from a Wizards fan standpoint, it's never been more exciting to be a Wizards fan because the past administration who ran the team would have never made the move that time he did, would have never traded John Wall, would have never um, made a move in the coaching staff. Tommy is in it to win a championship right now. And it seems like he's going to go and do what it takes to convince all NBA Bradley Beal to stick around. Because he's going to be eligible for a max contract extension, super max contract extension. He's got a lot to weigh. Coaching is going to be a huge factor in if Bradley Beal sticks around. So Tommy knows that this is a snowball. It's not just one. It's not just a coach. This is Bradley Beal's future. It's his future. It's the it's the Washington Wizards' future. So I don't know, Anthony. Maybe we can. Oh, you're right. Who who do you you Ben? That is that. That that is like so much to think about too, because I mean, once one decision is made, all you're thinking about are, is the next and the next and the next, really throughout. And what we're talking about here is the off season, right? Not the best off season last year, right? Okay, we just had a we, we had a season of Robin Lopez, Howell Neto, and um, you know Anthony Gill. So yes, we're talking about after this head coaching vacancy. You know, if he if he fills it which we will get into who we want and who, and, and whoever, who we think should get it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really front runners there for that one. And um, maybe some legacies in there. Wink, wink, but Ben Tommy needs to make a splash. I'm not talking about the, I mean, like, of course I'm talking about for his head coach position, but he needs to make a splash elsewhere, obviously. And we're talking about, the talent, the depth. We're talking about maybe turning this team around defensively, flipping it, flipping the entire script, because obviously what were, what did not go well this season was very apparent, and it just nothing. It it was on the shoulders of, of Brad and Russ, Rui, and honestly, Robin Lopez, who was one of the most consistent players on this team, if not the, th- the third most consistent player on this team, then I think that can be argued because it looking at what this team did with the stars that they had, they need 
they need far, far, far. They need so many more pieces. So much more than what they envisioned last year. Nahal Neto and Isak Banga and Robin Lopez is not going to help you down the stretch after 30, 40 games. They're not going, like, it's just not going to lift you up. I mean, there were so many streaks of this season that were so bizarre. So you're right, Ben. The snowball effect comes into play. He's going to make this decision. He's going to hire someone. And then he's going to do a, a whole lot of other stuff that's going to mean so much to this organization, so much to this season at hand. Maybe the more seasons, like, like you know, like the, the, you know, two, three, four seasons from now. So again, you know, you, you are right. This is, this is all so important. And that's why <laughs> an executive's position like this and a GM or a president of basketball operations, that's why their job is so hard. Dude, I, I wouldn't they, they have one, they have one swing on, on every, on every pitch that comes in and boom, you know, Hey, just, you know, e- either you, you do well, job. like that's, if you're a GM, you, you just open, is. you wake up and, right. and you're, and you're still there. But, and I will say that, um, you know, Tommy, Tommy mentioned something really interesting in the press conference. He said that this isn't a run it back team. So you mentioned Anthony Gill, Robin Lopez, Alan Neto. Tommy Shepard's no fool. He was under a lot of pressure with the John Wall stuff, I think. And I think that threw off some of their free agency hopes. Um, they, they honestly, in hindsight, how Neto panned out way better than either of us expected. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade at him. But you even are Robin right. Lopez, there were look. The hook shot was the most efficient hook shot in the NBA. No, and I hear you. Not not throwing shade, no, but again, sure. those two stars. No question. You, you, you know need I mean? more than how Neto around. You Lopez. need to build more around those. But two Tommy guys. Shepard isn't the sort of dude to just be like, all right, let's run it back. He himself said this isn't a run it back team. Like we were below five hundred. This team barely made the playoffs. If it wasn't for the play-in, they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. He understands that. This is a situation where I think Tommy Shepard understands that they need to get talent quick. Bradley Beal has said time and time again, I want to win now. This isn't this isn't a situation where you can gamble on young players, uh, accumulate second-round picks, fill out your roster the way they did. Some of the players on this past season's roster, I won't name names, would not have made another 12, 13-man roster. There's no shot. But they were Washington Wizards, partially because the team was capped out, didn't have much room to add talent. Now Tommy Shepard has to get creative. And I think we talked about the timeline for the hiring. They should probably get going on this quick. I mean, you've got free agency coming up. You've got the right, draft coming right. up. You'll want a coach's input into who you're drafting, I think. The draft is right around the corner. And, and Tommy said that... that- Ted Leonsis, he never says no. So again, like you said, they're around the cap. They are around the cap. Last year they were. But again, this this coming season, are they willing to dip into that luxury tax for maybe, hey, a season where you end up being a five or four seed? What, I mean, if you add the correct pieces, the shooters, the defenders, a, a, a capable front court that's able to stay healthy with Thomas Bryant, Daniel Gafford, maybe add someone else in there. Ben, this team in the East could seriously, seriously add some, you know, some capable bodies and and, and make it there. And Ted or and Tommy talked about it throughout the entire press conference about now, the now, the present, the championship, you know, mindset being present here. And and not just, you know, in the NBA. He talked about all of Washington, DC. He talked about the Capitals. The Mystics, 
He talked about the Nationals. He talked about every professional team in Washington that has that has made that feat and really the pet like very frequently. Like this is they're calling it the city of champions for a reason because that's just what it was for a bit. I mean, that's I mean, you know, I mean that th- these teams won. They they took over. And Tommy said multiple times they want to be a part of that culture. He wants this team to be a part of that culture. He's not trying to sit up there and make bad moves. The guy wants to win. The guy like he's making moves and he's he's proving that to us every day. I mean, like really today that was, I'm I mean, you know, putting personal relationships aside. Hey, my my two star players want this guy. He's one of my great one of my great friends, very good friends. But hey, this is this is what's best for the team. He's able to put that aside. And Ben, you, you highlighted that. And that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do, especially when you have close relationships. It's not. And, and again, this guy, listen, he, there's guys out there just like him that, that, that love this game, that love this process, that want to win, that want that, that they will do anything to, to win. And maybe Tommy's making that turn right now. We don't know what's going to happen, but there is such a great, pool of candidates for, for coaches. There's, there's great free agents. There's great opportunities out there to trade. I, I think Tommy right now is, is really licking his lips, taking the bull by the horns. And he, he's going to dive into this, dive into to hiring a coach and, and, and free, free agency with a big smile on his face because he's ready, man. I, I I'm very happy to see what he's done. Um, not to say that I'm happy to see Scott gone, but I, but again, that is the right move for this franchise, you know, five years, five years is a long time, Ben, to, to have a, con- like, that's a long, long time. Like the fourth highest oh. tenured coach in the league. There's Rick Carlisle, yeah. Spo, Pop. And then I think it was him. And I think it was Scott and yeah. all these other yeah. coaches have championships. Scott Brooks was hired to coach uh, 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 what they thought could be a contender, a team that was in the luxury tax. They, they, they traded for, Hey man, hey man, one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. That's one that's game. fine. I, look, I and hey, I know they were gonna go face Bron. If they won, they would they would have played Bron. Tommy's saying I one you. game away ain't good enough for us anymore. And I love we that. I, I, love I love that because remember earlier in the podcast when we talked about Scott Brooks, we would say we would mention how the Raptors got rid of Dwayne Casey after they won the most games in franchise history, and then the year after they get. Kawhi Leonard and win a championship. The Wizards right, would have right. never. They took those at chances. that point in time. The Wizards would have never traded Demar Derozan. They never would have gotten rid of Dwayne Casey. They've won the most games in franchise history. But now Tommy Shepard is saying that we're aiming higher. We call it the District of Champions, like you said. Nats, Caps, Mystics, all champs. Wizards have been far below those teams. He knows that you got to make bold moves in the NBA if you want to win championships. You want to be a contender. you got to put your personal relationships aside, make trades you don't want to make. He did that with the John Wall trade. Got to hire coaches and fire coaches when you don't want to do that. He did this with Scott Brooks. And now if he lands the right coach, this could be an entire culture shift in D.C. Because you mentioned John right, Wall, right. Russell Westbrook, the two all-NBA players you got on your team, there's no reason to be an eighth seed scratching away, scratching and clawing in the play-in tournament. You should be a top-four seed. Don't even give me the five, six, seven, eight. You got to be a home-court team when you got Russ Westbrook and Bradley Beal on your team. Two all-NBA guards right, right. in the East. If the New York Knicks can play as well as they did with good coaching and energy and 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 some – Look what good coaching did exactly. for them, man. It was one year. I'm pretty sure they brought back 
10 or nine of the same players and Ben, that's significant. The entire roster. Their, their team hardly changed. Hardly. I mean, really, it just, it, and, and, and it was, it was Tibbs. I mean, they brought Tibbs in, they brought a whole new coaching staff in, they brought, they brought in one new executive and boom, that that's just what it was. And in, in the team, the, the play, like the playing staff did not change that much besides a couple of rookies. We're talking, we're not talking about too much change. And you're right, Ben. Tommy's making those changes. Tommy is doing that right now. So it, it's awesome to see him do this. It's amazing to see him really change the narrative of what Ernie Grunfeld was. Ben, say it. Say it for the people. Yeah, Come look, on, let's look, get hyped, um, man. I mean, my God. I mean, like, you're right. Like, it, is, is he not taking such a? He's he so taking a path off the off the beaten path, and he's saying Brad, we're, we're going to the. Tommy we are going are to the team. only people left in the organization from Ernie Grunfeld. From the Ernie Grunfeld era, and, and, and Tommy, Tommy couldn't be any. And he's shifting the narrative. He's been entirely different. He's been a brother. I love it. I um, love it. I think he's learned a lot watching Ernie make mistakes, to be honest with you. I think he's seen the criticism Ernie rightfully got, the 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 bludgeoning mistakes that he made to his career. And Tommy, one thing another source told me about Tommy Shepard, he's a flexible-minded dude. He's willing to listen to other people. Tommy has so many advisors around him. Monumental Sports completely changed the front office when they got rid of Ernie Grunfeld, revamped the entirety of what that looks like. Now he has advisors who, who, who they just hired a, a woman from the Toronto Raptors to do their analytics. They have, they have all the, the, an, a robust analytics staff, medical staff, and they all collaborate. That wasn't the case under Ernie Grunfeld because the dude, frankly, didn't listen to anybody. He, 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 he was the GM of the Bucks, the GM of the really good Knicks. There was nothing you could do and tell him. Tommy Shepard is operating different. Yeah, his only good stint was was with the Knicks. I mean, like like in his early days with the Knicks. I mean, like that was that was his only good like nugget there. And 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 he was given 16 years in Washington. Right. And 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 is that that's your reward for for, for having like a, like a great stint, you know? And but again, I I mean, uh, you know, Ernie was still around for those playoff teams early on. So I mean, I I, I can't you know listen. We're we're not in the position to make to make these decisions, but again, you're right. I mean, should he have been there for 16 years? Absolutely not. No way. But right now, his his success his successor, Tommy Shepard, he's changing the narrative, my man. He is he's changing the whole path of this franchise, and that it shows. If he goes with an outside hire, it truly shows. There's no way. One thing I want to say, uh, I said the woman from Toronto, her name's Catherine Evans. I think she's going to do wonders for them analytically. Tommy, unlike Ernie, is willing to listen to the analytics. And I think he's, he's, he's approaching this in a modern way. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, right, you, right. you gotta use your resources. Ernie never did that, but Ernie aside, uh, to answer your question there, no way they go with an internal hire. There's no shot. No way is right. No way is right. And that would be the so Ernie exactly. route, right? That would have said that, no right, right. way. I, I think Tommy, Tommy has he has his pick right now of such a pool of candidates, such such great talent. Ben, let's get into it, man. I want to know. The people want to know. I know who I want. Boy, I want to hear that first. Mm -hmm. I want to hear that take. My take? Come on, man. Mine. My take is the is, is the very, very predictable take, man. I want the legacy. I want the guy out of Denver. I want Wes, man. I want Wes, man. Why not? 
Why not? It, it, it's in his blood. It, like, it literally, like, that would be so great for the culture. He has been doing tremendous, tremendous things in this league. I, that's who I want, man. I know that's probably a predictable, predictable, um, you know, uh, pick. But again, I feel like that would be so amazing for, for I mean, just for Washington, D.C. as a whole to have that man at the helm of one of their professional sports teams, especially the, the, the wizard slash bullets. That's, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, his, his daddy is just is wizards slap bullets is this franchise. So that's what it is. So, I mean, I, that that's my pick, Ben, you go off. on. I wouldn't even call it an obvious pick. Uh, I, I sent you this text that, that my source said, he writes that don't overthink this one. I think that's that it, it can be as simple as that. Uh, West Unsell jr. It wouldn't be hired because he's Wes Unseld's son. He would be hired because he's the associate head coach of the Denver Nuggets who have maintained a good defense despite having Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. on their team, all starting playing heavy minutes. None of them great defenders, yet they're still a good defensive team. Wes Unseld Jr., who's credited for developing the likes of Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., all these players who have who have uh, gained some serious steam in the NBA, West Sunset Jr. is credited for their development. The Washington Wizards' young players are to, view, are to watch here. Denny Abdia struggled mightily under Scott Brooks. I can't understate how poorly he looked in Scott Brooks' offense. In Scott Brooks' offense, Denny Abdia was asked to stick in the corner and shoot as a spot-up shooter. They did not draft him to be that. Scott or Tommy Shepard did not draft Denny Avdia to be a Scott shooter. Otherwise, they would have picked Sadiq Bay. They chose uh, they chose Denny Avdia because he's a big man who can handle the ball and pass. Does that remind you of anyone? Nikola Jokic. He's not Nikola Jokic. He doesn't have that size. Skill sets are comparable though because they can both handle the ball for a player their size. Both have good court vision, and West Unsell Jr. knows how to utilize those players. Putting a, a guy like West Unsell Jr. pairing his mindset of basketball with Denny Abdias could do wonders for Denny and Rui and all the other young players that need creativity. A young mind like Wes Unseld, he's been through the ringer. He, he's, he's been an assistant coach. He was an assistant coach in Washington years ago. He's an assistant coach in Denver. Um, I'm pretty sure he was an assistant coach with the Orlando Magic as well. He's paid his dues. I think he would be a great hire. Another name that will certainly come up, Sam Casal, you mentioned. He was a guy I know they considered hiring when they got rid of Randy Whitman. But that was the KD to DC era when they wanted Kevin Durant bad, so they hired Scott Brooks. Obviously, right, we're banned right, out. Right, but he's a name that I'm sure will be there. Chase Hughes threw someone out there that I would have red flag after red flag on. Mark Jackson. Oh, your favorite oh man. God. That's your boy. Come Mark on. Jackson. Don't let fun. guys do not let Ben fool you. He loves Mark Jackson. He listens to Mark Jackson's his, <laughs> his calls of his games every time yeah, that he's on. Locked on ben Mark Jackson podcast. Him. I don't know about. No, <laughs> we we got to get locked on Mark Jackson right away. We, we really do. We'll we'll, we'll hit up uh, David Locke about it. But but no, I mean, I I let hear me, you on that. You that that's thing. super super concerning, Ben. Ben is not the biggest fan of Mark Jackson. If you do not, if you guys do not already know, yes. I mean, Mark has not coached since uh, 2014, was it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think he's he's got some questionable views that I think probably aren't the best for a Right, right, yes. I mean, all that, yes. I mean, for his uh, off-the-court stuff is not is not the best 
but not the again, best. Again, has but he also hasn't coached in a long time. I think for a good reason. Uh, but um, I will I will ask you this, Anthony. We mentioned Wes Unsell Jr., uh, Becky Hammond, both young coaches. The Wizards have Russ and Brad, who are veteran players. Russ, 33 years old. Do you go young coach, maybe without head coaching experience, or do you go Terry Stotts, one of the Jason Kidd, one of these other guys who've had head coaching experience, or do you go a young route? How do you think that plays a role in Washington's thinking? Because Terry Stotts, another interesting sort of name. Also, Budenholzer right, from, right. from uh, Milwaukee might be looking for a job soon, too. Oh, Coach Bud? Oh, Coach Bud. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, 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 from what we've seen so far in this Milwaukee series. Oh, Coach Bud, Ben brings hey, up. Gotta, yeah? I, hey, he's a name. Oh, yeah, he's a name who, who says, hey, Giannis, bring the ball up. 8,000 times a game as the point guard. And then just run as fast as you can at the rim and try and dunk it every single time. That's literally what I see every time I watch the Milwaukee Bucks play, and it makes my head hurt, honestly. And Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are used as wing guys, you know, just, just sitting out there. If, for you know, his, his dunk does not work, somehow it's, you know, passed off to the side. I digress. I don't want to get all into it. But again, Coach Bud... No, you know, I mean, it's no a disrespect. hard no on Coach Bud. No, no disrespect to Coach Bud, but again, you know, we saw what he did in Atlanta. Uh, he did, had great, great regular seasons with Atlanta, right? Swept in the playoffs. Great regular regular seasons with Milwaukee. Not the best, um, I guess, results in the playoffs. Just, do, I mean, listen, he's great with stars. He's great, you know, you know, progressing over a whole season. But again. Inside a seven-game series is so 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 different, and and we saw that with with Brooklyn. And Brooklyn was in in position to lose that game all game. Milwaukee uh, really let up on that. But again, we we digress because hey, we're talking about coaches right now, Ben, not Coach Bud. We're talking about everyone else who does not <laughs> so, have a job. He still has a job. This guy is employed. We're talking about him right now. Hey. We're talking about other people that could. So what do you get a job. do? You think so, they go vet or 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 young young coach here? Do you, like because I could see them going vet here. Honestly, with, right? I could one hundred percent. Russ and Brad I, around. I could one hundred percent see them going vet. I would. I would love to see them go young though. I would love I agree. To, if they, if I know, if I, I mean, we all know, not, I mean, not just, I mean, the, the entire world that follows basketball that know what Becky Hammond is about. We all know the time is coming where she is going to make history where she will be the first head coach, uh, head, head female coach in the NBA. We know that's coming. We just don't know which season it's coming. Right. So, that's like that's going to be 100% happening. I mean, Greg Popovich would never have someone this close as his main assistant coach for this long if he did not think someone is this capable. And that all of his players, all of his staff, they all talk so highly of her. Her, I mean, her intuition, her her, her IQ has to be through the roof. Talking any sort of strategy with with her would be would would be a treat. Honestly, I would love to be a fly on the wall for her and Pop's conversations. But again. I'd be so happy to see her get be hired. I, I would be so happy to see Wes, you know, get hired as well. But I mean, the, the, you know, the young route is great. It's always a great option for, for coach, for coaches, just because of how young players are in, in the NBA. 
you know, you get, you got a couple of guys that are older here, but you got so many, you know, young coaches, player coaches are always great for that. But looking at the veteran side of things in terms of potentially signing veteran wing guards, veteran, you know, power forward centerpieces for the front court defensive pieces that are able that that are willing and able a coach that has been through the playoffs a coach that has you know has seen series through and you know through and through and through and 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 you know is ready to make another playoff run and this is a very hard decision <laughs> honestly like like i mean we can sit here all i mean tommy does it this every day all day for his job we're sitting here for you know a half hour 45 minutes talking about it but again this is a very hard decision to make I would love to see them go young. That's just my opinion. But again, I would not be upset to see them go with a veteran, you know, a coach, you know, somewhere, you know, elsewhere that has, that has already made, made their mark in a different market. So Ben, uh, again, to you, what, what do you think? I mean, would you, would you rather see them go younger, you know, with maybe, you know, Becky Hammond, Wes Unsell Jr. or, Or would you rather them see, you know, a veteran, you know, maybe Stan Van Gundy comes, we get a mustache in what Washington, uh-huh. DC, maybe, maybe, maybe Terry Sots. I mean, we don't know. There, there could be more as well that, that fall off the, um, I guess, um, they're, they're, you know, fall into unemployment, you know, after this, uh, playoff, uh, stretch ends. So Ben, what do you, what do you think? Who would you like to see? I, my I friend? agree a hundred percent. Um, my one worry with like retreat coaches or like these veteran coaches is you get really stuck in your ways, right? We saw that with Scott Brooks and Randy Whitman where, you know, look, they were NBA coaches for a very long time, but they coached in a different era. Even, even Scott Brooks, he coached in the you know, 2010, 11, 12, the league looked way different than it does now. He coached against an Indiana Pacers team that started David West and Roy Hibbert, right? These teams that played big and, and he needed to adapt and I think, my God, that's so true. David West and Roy Hibbert. Shout out to those shout guys. Shout out those man. guys. And, and think about how much the league changes after five I mean, years. Roy Hibbert, it's unbelievable. The league evolved so quickly. Roy Hibbert went from being an all star and then two, three years later was out of the NBA just because obsolete. For him. Just nothing. If you can't, you nothing. can't, if you can't shoot or run the floor like a Daniel Gafford and catch lobs, there's no job for you as an NBA center. That's just the way it is. Right. Um, Scott Brooks coached in that era. Most of his coaching was in that era. And I think he sort of struggled to adapt. And we saw it with the Wizards offense it was very ISO heavy. And I'll get you. I understand you'll get some of that with Westbrook and Beal, but it was very ISO heavy to the point where uh, Denny Avdia's usage rate was lower than Isak Bonga's. That should never be the case. They need a coach that's going to get creative. That's where I think a fresh set of eyes a younger coach who's coached in this new style of brand of basketball would do wonders. Getting Russell Westbrook off the ball some more, getting him to cut to the basket, get get Bradley Beal some pressure off, having Denny Abdia initiate the offense, have Rui Hachimura get comfortable shooting the three ball. That's the sort of thing I think they need in the coach. Becky Hammond would be fantastic. The X's and O's that you mentioned. Man, if you get the Greg Popovich snip of approval, you're probably going to end up being a pretty damn good coach. Right. Right. Though you never know. I mean, look, when Stan Van Gundy got hired with the Pelicans, obviously he was only there a year. That was a name I didn't think I was going to hear after Detroit. I was that that, that Detroit situation, like it went, it was a dumpster fire, and he ended up getting a job after. So it could be one of those things where Washington finds a coach we haven't heard. Look, 
Maybe Jeff Van Gundy. His name has been rumored often. You never know. My guy, Jeff. You want him to come off the mic? Oh, come on. We love hearing Jeff. 2007, I think. This guy is my favorite guy. I, I love listening to him every every game that he's on. I, I love it. You want you want to you want to take him away from the fans? Huh? I would, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Oh, I know, I know, but, I know, I know. We can't have. Listen, Ben. We can't have Jeff Van Gunny on the floor again. You know, trying to you know you know hanging onto people's you know ankles. It's <laughs> like there's a fight going on. We love you, Jeff. We do love you. I know we're not. I know. I know you're not listening. But yeah, hey, you, never know. you know, got got to throw that out there, right? I mean, it's just. You know, hey, that guy is going to stay on the mic for the rest of his career. But Stan, Stan, we, we don't know. Stan could be a candidate. And that's Look, I, I appreciate Stan Van Gundy um, um, has had a hell of an NBA career. Another guy who I think struggled this year. His personality is very rigid. I think in today's NBA. You got- but there's like people that love this guy. I mean, like everyone across the league loves him and loves. I mean, course, obviously but- what he brings to the table is is significant. And And if you sit down with him. This guy has gotten job job after job after job. So when you sit down sit down with him, I'm guessing he. Blows oh no your mind. question. I mean, he's, he, I'm there's guessing. no question. I I just think though, um, again, a guy who coached in the early 2000s has struggled to adapt, struggled with the with the Pelicans this year. It's like, to me, you want a, you. I almost want the unknown. You're no, you know what you're gonna get with Stan Van Gundy. Exactly. You know what you're gonna get exactly. with. With uh, all these other coaches we mentioned, with Terry Stotts and all these solid coaches, they they make good coaches, no question about it. There's there's some mystery in the unknown that I I'd I'd want the Wizards to explore. Wes Sunsell Jr. might end up being that Quinn Snyder type, where you hire him and you say, God. "Dude, I'm praying. I'm praying for that. Right? Man. I'm never letting go of this. That guy. just seems like the perfect fit. Does it not seem like it the perfect seems fit right now? Too perfect. And, and like it seems, it seems way too perfect for for his experience as well, because like his experience is through the what you said. I mean, Ben already highlighted it earlier in the segment. It's through the roof, player development, defensive strategies. His his insight for the game is absolutely through the roof. But again, Ben, this also brings up the topic of coaches of color too, because. Because this guy has been busting his butt for how long? How long has he been working his butt off for? Steve Nash, there's no... I'm not trying to throw shade at Steve Nash whatsoever. He's a two-time MVP. He's one of the most efficient players of all time in any sport there has ever been played. But again, Steve Nash never coached a day in his life. Not one. Maybe maybe when he was playing, because a lot of players like like to say that, like, hey, like you you do play a player coach role when you are like a veteran. But Ben, he got a coach, he got a he got the second highest coaching, you know, second highest paying coaching position currently, like that. He got it quick. He's in there, and obviously he has the team to go to to, to back it up with it. Wes, he's also a coach of color. This is brought up a lot in the NBA, Ben, how many, like our coaches, our, our, our African-American coaches, they, they, they don't get the love and respect that they, that, that they deserve. Honestly, that's my opinion. That is my strong, strong opinion because you look at the, look at the numbers. There are, there are a lot, a lot of white coaches in this league. So many. Yeah. And, and there's not, you know, one thing also what? important to note, like the way black coaches are assessed, Way harder than white coaches. White coaches get get the second and third and 
look, with all due respect to Scott Brooks, I mean, he had a five-year career in Washington. How many black coaches have five-year careers anywhere? It's like you have to prove yourself quick if you're a black coach. And and, and often, even if you do, you look at David Vanderpool in, in Minnesota, was beloved in the NBA. Everybody thought he has a head coaching another candidate in D.C., I'm, I'm assuming. Um, quality coach who can coach in the NBA. Chris Finch comes around, boom, another white guy takes the spot, right? It's been a common theme, I think, in society, something that obviously you got to keep in mind here. Wes Unsell Jr. makes all the more sense there, too. The guy who has legacy ties to the DMV, deep ties. He'll care about the community for obvious reasons. He's been an assistant coach for 10 years now. He started out in D.C., was in... And we're talking a decade, man. We're talking a decade. A decade, and it's not just like, oh, I'm just getting off by my name. It's... People talk about Wes Unsell Jr. like he is a brilliant basketball mind. He was so good last year with the Nuggets where they promoted him. He went from assistant coach to associate head coach. They promoted him because he was that damn good. And if you're that damn good for the Denver Nuggets, I'm pretty sure you'll be all right in Washington, D.C., who've lacked that sort of acumen. That's just the way it is. I do do think that if Washington – lets him slide and if someone else picks him up oh, he's gonna mistake. get another job it's I'm, I'm, oh it's it's inevitable when he gets another job but that's just that is the question will it be this year though and that's why i bring up the question of uh, of coaches coaches of you know of, of color of, of you know native american or of uh, um, african-american coaches ben they have to wait so much longer. They have to work so much longer than the, than the than any white coach out there to make their mark to, to actually have that that you know position, right? I mean, Doc Rivers, if he didn't win a championship, we we don't know what his status would really be in this in this league, and and that's sad, man, because this league was built off the built. Within the African American community, and I, and, and I know that I'm getting real deep right now, but that's just what it is. I I, I truly believe that, you know, and and um, yeah, and and, and that's the and, thing that like you got to keep in mind, like uh, DC's. There's no better place to make a societal impact than Washington DC, literally on the planet, right? When you're a head coach of the Washington Wizards in Washington DC, you're expected to have a real role in the community. Scott Brooks did that in Washington. Everybody loved Scott Brooks. He was he, he was man. out there during the marches last year, the the George Floyd protest. That's Scott why he Brooks gets so much respect. There. Man. You need a coach in DC that's going to do the same thing, if not more. Right? You need a coach that's going to be in the community, who's going to make his name known as being that guy who's not afraid to get in touch with the community and touch parts of the community that look aren't used to seeing NBA players and NBA coaches. Uh, especially in Washington, D.C., where basketball is so prominent. It's, it's, look, Washington, D.C. is a basketball town. Look at the talent they've produced. Yep. Kevin Durant, Ty yes. Lawson, Michael Beasley, Victor Oladipo. The list goes on and on. Jeff Green. I mean, the list is endless. One of the best. It's one of the most hot-bedded areas for basketball, AAU. I mean, it all runs deep. And man. then you throw just does. Unsell Jr., whose legacy. It just time. makes so much sense. How does it not make sense? It makes all the that sense. That makes so there. much and sense. And I look, I'll say this: this is this isn't me reporting or anything. I think it's his job to lose. I really do. It makes all the sense in the world. It'll take some blowing minds, as it happens. 
Coaches walk in, they blow people's minds, and they get the job. It happens all the time. I could see Sam Cassell right. doing that. I could right. see Becky Hammond doing that. Maybe a Terry Stotts, whatever way they go. But right now, if you're doing a ranking for coaches who fit the best, this, I mean, nobody even, it fits like a perfect puzzle piece. Well, it sounds like that. I think, I think he will have an outstanding interview, obviously. I mean, given his, his career, his intuition, what he has done. Like you said, Ben, just his name. Obviously, his name is, is, is significant within the organization, but he earned it. It just wasn't his father. He earned. He earned why he's up for this position. He's earned. He's earned the recognition to be considered for any head coaching vacancy right now. And honestly, that's what. Why wouldn't any owner want that? Because he is. He is a defensive mindset first. He and he's a player coach first. Why wouldn't any owner be looking at him right now, who has a younger team? And tell you the truth, I mean, besides, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying Russ is old, but again, in the world of basketball, it's a little older. It's a young team right now. Brad's 27 still. So, Ben, I think, I mean, I think we both agree with this. I think this would be a perfect fit. I really, really hope, um, you know, the, that he, I mean, that he ends up being, I mean, I, I do hope that he ends up being the coach, but again, I, I hope that whoever whoever is is qualified the most that 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 Tommy thinks you know is 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 the best best candidate that will affect this team the best gets the job um but my 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 wholehearted opinion at first I don't know the guy I've never you know I, I don't know you know squat but I would love to see Wes get the job I just would that's just being a sports fan at heart so and, and here's the great thing about this, right? Um, all of these candidates from Becky Hammond to Wes Ansel Jr. to Kenny Atkinson, who we didn't name, um, Darvin Ham in Milwaukee, all these, all these interesting coaches, all of them bring a different element and I think a different level of excitement that the Wizards desperately needed. And, and it's a really exciting time to be a Wizards fan because if Wes Ansel Jr. gets the job, Becky Hammond – all of these coaches get to leave their imprint on a team that's going through a legitimate evolution, a team that I think is on the cusp of, of, of some, some serious um, uh, competitiveness if they do make the right moves. And this is the first step. And, and this is the beginning of a really, really exciting offseason, Anthony. I don't think we need to make predictions um, as to who they're going to hire. I think it's clear that I think there's a clear-cut sort of uh, – uh, coach here that they should and maybe could hire, but man, it's an exciting time to be a Wizards fan. Benja, it is my man. It's this. This is a great time for Washington D.C. basketball, just because of the position that they they are in right now. They could have been in a been in a situation where they brought Scott Brooks back for Russ for Brad. They didn't do that. Tommy went against the grain. Tommy went against what Ernie would have done. Tommy went against what maybe a lot of people would have done, right? But he's here right now, and he is going to make his decision at some point. But, hey, it's the offseason. So maybe he would want to make that decision quicker. I would think so, just in terms of the draft, in terms of uh, really – you know, um, you know, get, getting together, uh, you know, for off-season workouts and, and such like that. But again, this is his process. This is, um, this is their process. And and Ben, I think that this, I agree with you. 
this is the best position that they've probably been in since um, they've been a playoff team with John Wall. I really, truly believe that just because of not, not because of them getting rid of Scott Brooks. This, this is no slight to Scott Brooks at all. This is, this is just because of what's on the horizon, what could be on the horizon for this team, what they could bring in. Maybe, maybe a, a new head coach in Wes Unsell Jr. That absolutely rocks the culture of the DMV. I mean, just, 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 I, I, the players will absolutely fall in love with them. Why wouldn't they? Every player that this guy's ever coached, I mean, in Denver, I mean, Denver, everywhere, this guy has, everyone has had so many great things to say about him. The utmost respect for him. It's, it's amazing to, to see that he's at this level. I, I, I really, I'm rooting for him so much. I know that that's only that, He's the only guy that we've talked about besides Becky Hammond. And I'm rooting for, for the best candidate, man. I am. But again, I mean, that that's my pick. West's my pick just because he's a legacy, just because that, that seems like the perfect fit. Why not take that chance? And, and Tommy, with, with how he's been lately, with I mean, taking big chances, making big splashes, make a big splash. They hire him. Think about that headline, Ben. Think about what that would do in the world of basketball, the world of sports. That would blow up the second. I mean, like, I mean, obviously anything blows up, but that his father being pretty much the franchise best player of all time. I mean, I I, I don't want to be like you know off kilter or anything, but I think he would be a candidate for one of the best players in franchise history. So again, hiring him would be such a splash, such such. I mean. The, a refreshing new start, wouldn't you say? And and Anthony, here's here's if you're Tommy Shepard, if your two signature moves in two years are you get Russell Westbrook and then you hire West Sunset Jr. You know, That's huge. Oh my god, damn good job. Given that the status quo prior to that was was what the Wizards were, and what's the underpinnings of the excitement? I think I'm hearing your voice is. The Wizards are due for change. They're making the change. They're not stick, They're not complacent anymore. And that's what Washington Wizards fans and Lockdown Wizards listeners have been begging for and yearning for for years. You're getting it with Tommy Shepard. Um, I'm sure listeners were questioning the coaching staff, wondering if the change would have been made. It happened. And now we're just going to wait to see who they hire. A lot more changes coming. Lockdown Wizards fans, Anthony and I, for one more app asterisk maybe depending on who they hire but we'll oh, see right right we'll hey if they, if they hire someone quick tomorrow if they hire someone tomorrow we'll, we'll be coming at you with a <laughs> yeah, another podcast ben, right but ben this could be our last time on lockdown and guys it's been such a ride it's been such a such a hell of a time honestly i, I i've had so much fun this has been such a such a great time ben talking with you discussing um really just Wizards hoops over the past, you know, almost year. This has been this has been such a treat, so much fun, and the NBA never disappoints, man. What a season! I mean, even even during the COVID seasons, it's still absurd what happens. It's still absolutely insane, and and everything that I mean, like especially with today, with everything that that that, that has happened throughout, you know, every every organization, I mean, and within Washington. It has been um, very, very exciting um, and very entertaining. So, again, I mean, the NBA is also entertainment. 
out, you know, off the court, <laughs> not during the, the season. So Ben, this has been a lot of fun, my man. Um, I, I love doing this with you. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, having me on as your host, you know, you, you've been covering this, the, this team for, for over a decade now. Um, we, we, we've been talking hoops for a long, long time. You asked me to do this. Um, I, I was honored to do it. I, I'm so happy to do it with you. Um, you have a great, great following. The The fan base is unbelievable. The, the team is unbelievable. And uh, man, do, doing, the, doing this podcast with you has been absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm so, so happy. And uh, I thank you. Brother. Oh man, I appreciate that. Anthony. Well, it, it's been my pleasure doing it with you. It's, it's truly been a treat. Um, we're not going anywhere though. Uh, we may be done with lockdown wizards and, and saying goodbye to our lockdown listeners, but you guys can always follow us on Twitter, shoot us messages. We'd be happy to respond to those. The community is alive and well, man. Uh, having covered this team for as long as I have, there were points where it was very, um, inactive. I think as fans were very much discontent with the state of the franchise. Um, I think that had a hard time reaching fans. Now, look, we're everywhere. The Wizards are, de- are developing and trending upwards. Um, the Russell Westbrook trade, I think, has done wonders. We've seen our followership grow. We saw the podcast grow exponentially throughout the course of the season. Anthony and I will still be bringing Wizards and NBA analysis. Uh, certainly follow us and, and, and stay tuned for that. But um, it's been a pleasure doing this with you, man. Um, Lockdown Wizards fans, it's, it's, it's been a blast getting your feedback and, and trudging through the season, this long COVID season. We certainly couldn't have done it without you. So for one last time, for Anthony, Lockdown Wizards, we won't be back, but someone will. Stay tuned, guys. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.